Hey, hey, hey! Welcome to another episode of Geekly Reveals. I should have brings you geeky news on a weekly basis. That's geeky, that's weekly, that's geekly. And I am starting a long discussion. It's me, your host, Dom, aka Brother Dom, all over the internet. And once again, I am joined by one of my proficient co-hosts. Would you like to tell the people who it is that you are? Yo, what up? It's me, it's Eric. Uh, I used to be Tindilosi on the internet, now you can't find me anywhere. Uh... And it's just me today. You know, usually I'm the one who ditches out, but uh, today, I made it. Yes, our uh, our co-host Steph was not able to make it today. Hope they are doing well. I think I think they're just yeah, they're, out. They're having a lovely vacation, I think. Yeah. Good, good. You know, we want people to be happy and have good time. So we're going to be here and be really annoying about video yeah, games. So you know what that means? <laughs> that means today, video game day. Game, 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 it's game, game, game. It's only about games today. <laughs> <laughs> i mean we could like I, I don't know like our interests also like lie like our mind at least we could still talk like we could talk about you know vocaloids or vtubers but mostly just we video could. games i've been uh i watch a music reviewer who uh has been talking about uh one of the vtubers a lot uh he did his uh worst singles and albums of the year so <laughs> the can, i can wonder out. i'm wondering who what VTuber it, a, it is that he's talking about. It was, it was both the VTuber and the Alias, which is yeah. like, you're not always supposed to conflate them, but, but unfortunately they're releasing music. Yeah, they're releasing music people. under both. The crazy thing is, is, like, look, we've talked about it on the podcast before, so, like, we can at least say, like, it's it's Calliope Mori is the, the VTuber that I don't think you're much of a fan of, of their, like, rap, at least. No, not their rap. Yes, uh, I think I'm they're not, singing, I'm not going to say they can't sing. I was going to say, their singing is really good when they've done, like you know vote like music covers like of like it's hard it's really hard to say this without making it sound extremely like you know biased in a way but like when they're making non-rap music when they're doing covers of like oh you know that's the thing some people are just bad at stuff is like hey is rap a better genre than other things no it's about the same genres are good this person cannot do one of them, yeah. so obviously when they do something else, it's better. But the thing is, is she's incredibly popular within that genre with four weebs, which I... I well, that's, that's different. That's yeah. a whole other discussion. <laughs> and we've had that discussion before. Uh, it's funny to it's funny to think about. It's uh, The weeb dollar is very strong. Uh, we see games like Genshin Impact do very well. Uh, I've had friends who enjoy Genshin Impact. I'm like, why do you like this game? Like, hey man, there's just hot guys and girls in him like oh hey honesty love that in yeah. video games <laughs> but uh so yeah we will talk a lot about video games today but before we do that i think there's a couple uh other things we could probably get into we'll start with non-games and then get game adjacent then just all the way jump in and uh one thing i, I want to briefly touch on is i guess wizards of the coast uh D is removing race in lieu of species which I think removes some level of problematic nature around it, but doesn't actually fix the core problem of like determinism and like, right. Hey, instead of saying skull size, we're just going to say cranium shape. Like we're doing the same thing. We just yeah. changed the words. I mean, it um, does, it does at least, yeah, as you said, like where it removes the, the bad connotation of calling something a race. Like yeah. it, it does not an inferior race. You're an, inf- you're an inherently evil species. Right. Uh, that's not good. I mean, they did do away with, like, I guess, species now having alignments tied to them. And also, alignment doesn't always mean, like, black and white, gray or bad. Like, you know, like, the, the scale of, like, 
evil and good is different now too like you can be an evil character and not be just about murdering people you know yeah you could be a capitalist (laughs) yes exactly Um, (laughs) which you know (laughs) same thing uh yeah it's it doesn't change the fact that like ingrained in a lot of like dungeons and dragons like lore that exists from like the last 30 plus years or whatever is it's like Ah, orcs, savages that live in huts, you know, like... Uh, yeah, like, you still have, like, well, it's not that they're a weird race, it's just they're a species that's savage and does yeah. this. You're like, well, that's... You haven't actually fixed the problem. Right, because um, now, but now they're they're trying to put it too nicely. It's like they're just putting, like, you know, like, a feather boa around it and, call, and saying that it's better. Like, it's... Because it's like, well, they're not savages that live in huts, they're, you know, a martial people who have, you know, tribal communities. It's like, you're saying the same thing, though. Like, yeah, you just now you're just being condescending about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've heard a lot of people say they like the idea of characters having, uh, I can't remember the word was, but like origin and, and, and background and being like, the reason your character can do these things isn't because they were born this way. It's just because of where they came from with a combination of obviously how they were born, but right. the culture where they grew up at like, Hey, maybe somebody who grew up in a tundra might have some kind of like cold resistance that somebody born in a desert wouldn't. Right. That doesn't matter if you're an orc, a human or an elf. And like um, decent role playing and like, uh, kind of like people planning their campaign. And like, I, this is not a stab at people being bad at D and D. Cause like, there was no real way to be bad at it in my opinion, but like, being a bigot that's pretty bad yeah being a bigot like and (laughs) you know i guess if like if you were just going by the rule book like you probably wouldn't have thought to be like well my minotaur barbarian is good at boats like because he was you know escaping an army and had to be on a boat for a long time or whatever like that's that's something you can write in rather than like just being like no my minotaur is a big buff guy and he's good at lifting rocks because he's a minotaur <laughs> right yeah having a little bit of creativity definitely fixes that yeah um and it, there's just a lot that's ingrained within the game and the culture around it and the community that is hard to break up but i do appreciate the steps i'm not saying they're enough i've heard way smarter people talk about it uh asians represent good podcast that talks about it. i'll shout them out uh, i mean i like the idea that Oh, hey, this elf just has dark vision, so if you pick an elf, that's something you get. But, but I think I you could also, also you could also make just, an this argument. This human has dark vision. Yeah, you could be like, this human lived in a cave their entire life. They have dark vision. Like, okay, cool. Right. Like, yeah, because this is all made up yeah, anyway. It's all fantasy. There's, you can't go find an elf in the real world and be like, see, they biologically have dark vision. There's nothing stopping you from saying, oh, yeah, my human has a third eye and dark vision. And also they they're proficient with heavy armor and light daggers because that's the character i want to play yeah and like the man the real answer to this is like you know part of the problem was that it was game design built on top of like these like fantasy you know um species or whatever where like you're trying to balance mechanics that exist within a game and also assigning those mechanics to these characters and those then mechanics have like inherent value so like yes you can't be like well i'm a half orc because it gives me plus two strength but i also want dark vision no that's a bit too powerful you know like that's gonna make you really good like you know or, yeah or like you want to i think that comes down to like dm and gm like character like you working with the the team to say hey we don't want you to have all these abilities right. even if your character's quote-unquote lore could st- or hey you're all overpowered we don't need a reason sure. other than it would be really funny if we could all see in the dark yeah but it, it is, you know, like the, you don't want to give, you know, like the, the, 
Arakakra, the bird people, are notoriously hard to DM with because they just can fly at level one. So, like, it that breaks a lot of game design in a way it's like, oh, man, you guys got to get across this chasm. Like, a really easy, to, like, you know, like a really basic thing. It's like the Arakakra, well, I just fly across it. Well, I guess fuck me then. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where yeah. it comes down to that understanding of, at the table of the players and, and the GM to say, hey, despite the fact that you're a bird, you can't just do that right now yeah. for, what, for whatever reason. It's it's kind of how you see it in Pokemon sometimes where if the character's not flying type and they don't have levitate, they'll get hit by ground attacks even if they're clearly not on the ground yes. or are a bird. Yeah. Like, what was it? Decidui and in Arceus? Yeah. Can fly. And if you go into a water, like a water battle, he will fly, but he's not a flying type nope. in that game. So he does so get hit by ground attacks. <laughs> it's yeah. like, yo, just jump. Also, you're a ghost. Just fade away. <laughs> the, um... But obviously, that would be unbalanced to have triple typing in that sort yeah. of thing. And then, like, other game systems, I think, do it better, where it's like in-character creation they just straight up assign like point values to specific abilities. And it's like, you only get to use a certain amount of points, but go wild with whatever, whatever you want. Like, yeah, to look visually it's not based to your origin. Yeah. You know? Like it, it's more like just make your character and make it what you want. Like, you know, it, you can be a super dexterous orc. It's just, you have to put those points in, in it that way. And like, yeah, I think that's a better system, honestly. But. I think it is. And it's, it, it's, the reason this is important, it kind of, it kind of gets that like bioessentialism that causes so much racism. Like, I'll get real for a second here. Like, you, there's so many like fake rumors and urban legends I heard in high school. Like, oh man, Dom, you know, if, you know, black people can jump higher because they have an extra bone. I'm like, I don't know if, if I don't know if that's true, man. Like, like, well, how come you can jump higher than us? I'm like, uh, cause I, I'm an athlete and you're not. Like, I don't like. Yeah. I, I play sports and you don't like look at all the other people playing sports that can jump higher than me. It's just that you can't jump that high. And like, those... and you just hear all this stuff and they'd say black people can do this, that, and the third. And so if you put that into a game, it's like, here's the black people trade. Like that's that's racist and also not true. Right. Like it's and, two and like those things are still prevalent today. Like you like yeah that. And not just in like racist spheres, like it's it's just shit that people say on the internet. Like, Ugh. it's well, I mean, there's a lot of people who are saying it to be racist, and a lot of people who had a racist grandpa who just never questioned. Like, oh yeah, I guess that is ridiculous. Like, yeah, I just assumed my grandpa wouldn't make stuff up and tell me. I do appreciate that, you know. Also, like, you know, backing up here for a moment, breaking the fourth wall. Um, we aren't a you know family friendly podcast but you at least went with the more family friendly example of what you're talking about than i thought you were going immediately (laughs) when you first started (laughs) so yeah that was just me not trying to be uncomfortable because yeah you hear so many and you know i'll save it for another you know there's always the the whole you know bigfoot rumor we'll Mm -hmm. call it yeah sure but there was some other stuff that you're like buddy are you you have to be racist right like you have to be trolling (laughs) me like you couldn't have asked a question that boneheadedly incorrect and doesn't make sense with how biology works. Um, it was about the color of stuff. And yes, I'm like, yeah, I, I you, knew where you were going with it. Yeah, it was like, y'all, someone said that to me, and I'm like, I don't, you're, you're fucking with me, right? Yeah. And they said no, and I'm like, please, please tell me. You're just... It's like, yeah, it's so you hear all that stuff online, and it's, you know, in D&D, it's less important, like, if you have a society that says, oh, you're an elf, you can see in the dark, right? And they're like, why would you assume that about elves? Like, yeah, you can make that joke. 
and it's not as important because elves are fake, but that same line of thinking of yeah. you were born a certain way and you'll always be that, that there's a reason to take that out of, you know, uh, games. Now, if you have a character that's, I don't know, like in a furry world, like you're making a furry OC, I'm, I'm looking down at like my toys. I have like a, like Pearl from Splatoon and Sonic. It's like, hey, your character's a porcupine, so it has Spike back as a native ability. Right. You, yeah, you okay, can, I guess you, that, like... That's, like, a physical trait that you cannot... Alt- like, you could be like, I'm a porcupine. Oh, then you have spines. No, I'm a furry porcupine. Like, I have I have hair. Okay. Well, you're, like, like, a dog, fine. right? Like- <laughs> <laughs> if, if you want to say, hey, I don't have that, cool, cool man. Yeah. I was just saying you had the option, but, like... I'm a porcupine that blunts its spines. Like... <laughs> What's well, it's the whole thing of like humans have thumbs or whatever. Yeah. So like if you were playing like a dog or a monkey, you wouldn't have the thumb perk. But that's getting a little bit more of the like, well, if humans have thumbs, why can't I be a centralist about orcs? Well, because first off, orcs aren't real, and second off, like right. it's not. <laughs> I don't know. What are you There's saying? A lot Dom? Of, dogs the... aren't real either. <laughs> <laughs> dogs are real. It's birds that are the face. Oh right, yeah. <laughs> birds are the government conspiracy. <laughs> oh man, it reminds me. I was watching uh my partner and I, we were watching Abbott Elementary. It just had its uh, winter finale. I don't think it's the season, but just the winter break. Um, but it's a really good show. It's basically kind of The Office, but set in a school in Philadelphia. Uh, black uh, Majority black cast, but um, the janitor's like a big conspiracy theorist. Um, and <laughs> they were saying something, and the one lady's like, yeah, you know, uh, I wasn't sure about the stuff that Fauci said. And someone's like, yeah, man, I, you know. I said some other conspiracy, and someone's like, "I'm yeah." They said, "I'm starting to think the Earth might not be round." Someone's like, "I don't think we landed on the moon." And the janitor's like, "You think the moon is real?" <laughs> yeah, that's the way you always one up somebody in a conspiracy <laughs> contest. You think the moon's it's, real? Because <laughs> you have to, like, you you just sit there, like, you know, I never considered that, but in order for my conspiracy to make the sense that it makes, there has to be some logic. Yeah, the, and that's the, too far. The way that me. I always go with it is a uh, because you know I. I have encountered a good number of conspiracy uh, wackos in my time working retail and stuff like that. And the my response was always like, well, you know, the moon's a hologram, right? Like, that, that was always my my thing. Like, yeah, we blew it up in World War II when we were testing nukes. It's a, it's a big hologram. They just projected at night. <laughs> That's absurd. Yeah. It would be very funny because, again, like we said with conspiracies, a lot of conspiracies just come down to trying to be mad at Jewish people. Yeah. Um. But I always still like to ask people, to what end? Like, what purpose will we have by projecting the moon? Like, well, in my in my theory right here, like, it would be to not scare people that we blew up the moon. Oh no! That, yeah, no, actually, no. See that one? Like, okay, yeah, yeah, that that would actually make sense. But it's like, hey, if the Earth is flat, like, why are they lying about it? Because they said, actually, you know what? The Earth is flat. We can prove it. Like, well, can I still take a plane to go somewhere? Yes. Okay, so... (laughs) So what material difference does it make to my life? Like, yeah. Yeah, I don't actually care what shape the moon is. No. Or the the Earth either, so... Um. Well, the worst people who are like, oh, well, the Earth isn't round. It's actually, you know, a sphere, like an oblong spheroid or whatever. I was like, okay, well, that's true. I mean, that's true, but like, who cares? Yeah, you need to, you know, nerd emoji or whatever. (laughs) Like... (laughs) So like you're, okay, you're just being a pedant. Yeah. Um, so that's that's all the completely divorced from video game news we have this week. Yeah. Welcome uh, to video game hell now. Except yeah, it's not I hell; start, it's actually fine. Yeah, it's like a purgatory. Uh, I'll start with something that's made me happy. That's adjacent. I've been listening to the Sonic Frontier soundtrack all week. Yeah. It came out on Tuesday. Uh, I wasn't able to get a physical copy because a I don't live in Japan and b it sold out like almost immediately. 
and see it's like six discs so it's like eighty dollars wow <laughs> yeah it's like 150 tracks or something because they have like each island has like quote-unquote seven movements like seven different tracks for the ambiance sure and then every cyberspace level had its own track and then the boss musics and all the little jingles and so i've been listening to it digitally and man it it goes way harder than it needed to. I guess that's like the one aspect of the, that game that I didn't really explore because, like, as I played it, I had it on mute. <laughs> so, because I was listening to podcasts. Oh, I didn't really process it at the time other than the boss music. And then I went to I hear some of the that. Cyberspace songs. <laughs> yeah, I, I recommend if you ever need, like, if you're like a programmer or a coder or somebody who just needs heads down music, it's some really good electronic where there's, like, also some, like, there's synth, there's dubstep in there. And you're like. It's truly a this series is a, is a joke in the best kind of way. Yeah, it's it's a blending of genres as it always has been. Uh, it's yeah, it was a like it's akin to like what I always say about listening to like Hollow Life covers, where it's like you know there's just every genre possible is covered in what they do. <laughs> so in a way that's like yeah, why are you doing this? Right. Um, the thing that did throw me off was that every all those little bite size side cyberspace levels had its own track, which. I would have assumed they would do that until I saw they only just reused the same four-level physical themes. Right. So I'm like, okay, that'll probably just be like a few different songs. Like, no, different song for every single level. Probably it unnecessary, never dawned on me, but, but, you know. This franchise says, hey, if nothing else, our music will always be acceptable. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people said that Sonic Frontiers got snubbed at the Game Awards for score, like sound design. Like, not sound design, but the music. And I'm like, you know what? I'll give you that. I'm not saying it got snubbed. It may have just been they thought there were five better soundtracks. Who ended up winning best soundtrack? I don't know. Let me check. I was say, we should probably actually, like, have those awards up so we can discuss, like, what the <laughs> what the winners were. Yeah, let's but... let's check this up. Um, I'm just going to go to the site. So, also, yeah, trans- transitioning into this is the Game Awards. So, uh, for best score and music, it was A Plague Tale, Requiem, Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Metal, Hellraiser, and Xenoblade Chronicles 3, and God of War 1. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things that I don't know if anyone said, hey man, Sonic definitely should have won, but it would have been nice to see it up there with these. Um, especially seeing, like, there's a couple games here, like Plague Tale and Metal Hellraiser that probably still deserved it, but just were not talked about as much. And the thing about award shows is they always want to split that level between popularity and who's the industry's friends and, like, artsy titles. And it's like, well, you know, what should go here? You know, I can see Plague Tale Requiem was nominated for Game of the Year. I I didn't hear anything about it, which is not saying anything other than just wasn't on my particular radar. Um, Elden Ring won. Not surprising most people. Nope. Uh, I'm sure it probably deserved it. It's not really... I look at these games, they're not my cup of tea. I might enjoy them if I spent the hours to get into them but life's too short to take a gamble on something that i think i won't like but yeah i think out of what was nominated for game of the year like elden ring was going to be the obvious winner <laughs> like just if you think yeah. about the amount of impact and discussion that has gone on around that game throughout the year and also throughout yeah, the, the years only, leading up to it yeah the only option really was god of war in my opinion yeah um and the one thing i don't like about award shows well about this one particular that the other award shows do is they have a a, an, a stranger frame of eligibility uh and i think you should 
definitely have that in video games because when did God of War Ragnarok come out? Like last month? Yeah, like the middle of November. Like it's yes. it's weird to award that game of the year when it's most of the year it has not been out. So yeah, and which is not to say that you couldn't finish it and complete it, but I think something it's worth saying. How does this sit in my brain? You know, um, because Elden Ring people are still talking about how good it is, right? Are we still going to be talking about God of War at this time next year? Probably not just because of the cycle of the way that some of the Sony games go, but yeah. people might still think that it was game of the year for them. Um, whereas Elden Ring, even if you say, let's not count the hype time, people keep bringing that game up as a good game, especially when, like, hey, what do you think is going to be game of the year? People just say, it's probably Elden Ring. Yeah. Because it just stuck in people's head. It came out in, what, like March? Yeah, I think February. I, it was real early this year. It was like one of the first early few this months. Year. Yeah. Uh, it, Same time as uh, Horizon Forbidden West, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The, um, the thing about like also dealing with uh like the window in which games at the first off i want to i want to add a disclaimer i hate the game of game awards i really don't like jeff Keeley. i think it's all bullshit like i really don't like most of the thing behind it <laughs> we talk about this every time every time it's the game awards or the or key three or whatever that Keeley does in the summer is key three in the Keeleys. like you 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 all if you are a regular listener of the podcast you know that i do not like <laughs> anything that he produces um, that's fair and i'm not even saying that he's the one who should be doing this right it, it's as it also a disclaimer yeah it, it, i do also think that it is cool to have at least a recognized large thing that is like a game of the year like where it's at least discussed i don't i think it's hard to like give an award like like just like with oscars and stuff like that you know i, I it's this, it's hard to say yeah right? it's but it, 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 award shows are inherently circle jerky and i think that's when they're at their most honest yeah. is when they're like hey we want to give some of our friends awards so that they make more money next year rather than well we're being objective about what's the best piece of art like the oscars gave best picture to green book like right <laughs> there's and, no credibility to an like award this, show that's, anymore that's what i kind of feel about the the keelys in a way is like they are becoming in that manner because he has ingratiated himself with certain developers so much like hideo kojima and like sony like studios and I mean, hell, even the makers of Elden Ring, to an extent, like, he yeah. hyped that game up for them for years. <laughs> like, it, Yeah. It, it, it is interesting, though, when when every now and then you have this nice confluence of the audience and the critics and the, the awarders kind of semi-agree to a degree. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone might have their own personal favorite this year, but it's kind of like vanilla. Vanilla's no one's favorite ice cream flavor, but it's everyone's, like, number two or three. Yeah. Uh, whereas, like mint chocolate chip is going to be someone's zero yeah like at the very bottom right <laughs> so yeah my my the the thing that i was going to say though about like viewing it from a window is i think that for score specifically it is weird that with how much praise final fantasy 14 soundtrack has always gotten they've never been nominated or like i don't think they've ever won for best score like <laughs> And I think that's another issue that the Game Awards, <laughs> so there's a bit of like a fight about the Game Awards between the Sonic Frontiers fan base and the Genshin Impact <laughs> yep, fan base, yep. aka the Genshin Impact fan base and the rest of the internet. Yeah. Um, what was the award? Like best players, like, players voice, players choice. Yeah. So the reason I bring that up, um, and I think it's appropriate that Final Fantasy 14 is not in best in most categories because it's an ongoing game yes but that's why it continuously wins like best ongoing community support, community best support. Ongoing it won both game. of those this year like yeah. yeah which absolutely and everyone's like yeah you absolutely should you continue to to do this but you should not be in a hey what was the best game this year 
It should be one that came out this year. Right. And I know when um, Player's Choice came up, Genshin Impact is a game that did not come out this year. No. Nope. I'm like, hey, I will... Uh, I would have understood, like, God of War, Elden Ring coming out for Player's Choice over Sonic. But, like, Genshin Impact, doesn't the community, like, hate mobile games and free-to-play stuff? Like, and you see that Sonic Frontiers was in second. I'm like, so did everybody just vote against Genshin until, like, some Sonic fans decided to be cringe and some were bigots? And then, like, the Chinese audience got really mad, so they decided mass vote. Like, Kind of. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, like, because... Why was Sonic in second place when God of War and Elden Ring were there? Right. Like, I love this franchise, but let's be real. That's not the yeah. second most favored game this year. Like, I was what, I, I was also surprised that Vampire Survivors wasn't in any sort of contention for players' voice. Because, like, that spawned an entire genre. They also got really snubbed in, like, the in- I, indie game thing. Because it's like, Stray is good, it's fine. But Vampire Survivors straight up created a genre this year. Like, Yeah. <laughs> like... It's basically the roguelite or the card battler of, of years past. Yes. And for, was it under like what best mobile game or something? No. It's, we're, we're, I know it got nominated for something. I believe it was one of the like um, indie game. Uh, it's like best indie. It's not here. Huh. I wonder where it could be. I will keep looking as we're talking. Oh, best debut indie must have been. Yeah. Yeah. I. I felt it was kind of, it's always weird when you see some of this stuff. So, like, Annapurna had Annapurna Interactive had two games in Best Premiere, but they're, it's because they're the publisher, not the developer, right. right? But I was like, how do you not have Vampire Survivor in there, other than you just think it maybe wasn't as good of a game, but, like, it had the most impact Absolutely. by far. Yes. <laughs> it, it, people aren't suddenly making a thousand games as a cat, as a protagonist. They're making thousands of games that are exactly like vampire survivors. Yeah. And vampire survivors is technically a take on a game, a mobile game that's been out for a while, but it definitely popularized that genre of game. Oh yeah. It's, it's the one, Yeah, you know, um, popularizing a genre doesn't necessarily mean you were the first. You're just the one that made everyone care the most. Right. Uh, it's like Call of Duty, like being the, 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 the game that popularized uh, shooters on consoles. Like, yeah, there were other ones, you know, yeah. even Halo, but Halo is much different. You yeah. Know? But that arcadey feel. Uh, who knows? Yeah. Content creator of the year. Don't know these people. No. I'm, I'm too old. <laughs> uh, Nibelian, I've seen on Twitter just because. He uses that image from Mob Psycho, so it's like everyone has seen that guy, but I don't know if anyone knew it was actually a person behind it. Has a nice YouTube video about, like, the storytelling and lore in Arceus, so that's uh, worth going to go check that out. I'm glad they do stuff like innovation and accessibility. Yes. Uh, God of War won that again. Uh, Sony Santa Monica does not play around about giving you hundreds of options to make sure you can actually play their games, yep. which is Even pretty cool. Even just good colorblind mode options, like starting to yeah, finally become things like within games is incredible. Uh, yes. That's to say nothing of like controller input options and, you know, like playability options. So, yeah. Yeah, that stuff's great. Um, Always good to be there. Hey, uh, Splatoon won best multiplayer game, which is uh pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not bad. It's just kind of <laughs> funny. Like, it has to be out of the five games mentioned, the one that's the hardest to play online just because of the internet always falling apart. <laughs> yeah. best, but honestly, best multiplayer game that you can when you can play it. <laughs> <laughs> but when you can, it's a fun experience. Like I, 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 there's there's a reason why they're able to make three. Yeah, and 
Unless they just meant the best game that came out that's mainly multiplayer. Right. <laughs> Not necessarily the best multiplayer. <laughs> I hit that same but, wall that I hit with, uh, I think, the other Splatoon games is that uh, I played it for the first couple weeks, but had a really good time with it, felt like I was good at it, and then everybody learned how to play the game, and I no longer had fun. <laughs> so... <laughs> hey, you know, it's... And also Tenta so missiles. Games... Fuck them. <laughs> They nerfed. Ten I know we a talked lot, about that last which week. Is good. It's, uh, <laughs> the Splatoon devs. I, I don't know how much you all might care about video games or patch notes, but I recommend going to go find a Splatoon patch note uh, description that comes from the company because I've never seen a game get into such minutia of hey, we've reduced the radius of explosion of this one paint uh, uh, machine from like 0.5 to 0.3 you know and it has all these details you're like i see that that's smaller but i can't visualize that because i don't play this blizzard game enough. blizzard used to do that with like their world of warcraft patch note patch notes where it would be like the percentage of each like number that they changed it it'd be like we changed death knight's blood explosion from you know 0.37 percent to 0.39 percent it's like what 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 does that materially mean <laughs> like, yeah like, Overwatch kind of does that, but also the notes will be vague sometimes. You're like, I don't really know why you did that. Right. And especially comparing them to Smash Bros. Smash Bros. 4 patch notes, where you'd be like, oh, we increased the knockback of Mario's movie. Like, a lot? A little right. bit? Like, I don't know. But but then after Splatoon came out, it'd be like, oh, from this to this with the angle of this. And you're like, Well, did, there was man. some, was, was it Smash Brothers that, like, one of the patch notes just said balance changes and then no explanation <laughs> as to what that meant? <laughs> like, <laughs> you could have just not told me, yeah. man. You could just, like, <laughs> but, um, and then, you know, lots of Splatoon stuff. So, I mean, it, that game gets a lot of support, too. So I, I, I can see it being like that. Lots of different things. I recommend going to the site and seeing what won. It's it's nice to have a quote-unquote prestige event, even if it's just a bunch of ads. But, I mean, if you watch any other award show, it's just performances instead. So it's still as much not giving awards out. Yeah. I will say the Game Awards, that the one thing they do better than other awards is for all the ones they're just not giving attention to. Jeff Keighley did at least, like, announce five awards in, like, 30 seconds and move on. Whereas other awards just, would you be like, it's online. Right. <laughs> Which is not enough, but it's better than what I've seen before. Can I can I bring up another award that I disagree with at least? Yes, please. So best role playing game was awarded to Elden Ring, which like sure, it's an RPG, I guess. Like in in its barest definition. But there the other things that were like nominated are four other very traditional RPGs, and it's a shame that none of them got that recognition. <laughs> like Yeah, and it's what is it? See, like it, the description is for the best game designed with rich player character customization and progression, including massively multiplayer experiences. Like, so it can include an MMO. I don't necessarily like that description of an RPG. I don't. Yeah, because for one, that means Pokemon shouldn't even been be there, here right? Because there is no player character customization. No, there is progression, but it's for your Pokemon, right? Like, you have some. I didn't play Triangle or Live Alive. Live Alive. Neither. Neither uh, of those are like that description of a role-playing game but they fit the exact description of what a traditional rpg is yeah it's almost like this is written to give it to games like elden Elden ring Ring. like it was written because they're like we want to give this to elden ring but we need to make it so that it makes sense (laughs) yeah i think game genres are not very well defined no um First off, they have goofy names like metroidvania doesn't mean anything to like the average person right platformer they could probably guess but it still doesn't mean anything because how would we describe something like Final Fantasy? 
a JRPG, right? Yeah. That just means it's a Japanese, Japanese RPG, RPG, which yeah. Elden Ring is a JRPG. Yeah. But to people that are quote-unquote in the know, if you told me JRPG, I, I wouldn't necessarily think it's from Japan. I would think turn-based, right. stuff like that. Whereas Elden Ring would come off as more as a Western RPG. Yeah. Because there's more action-based, even even though it's from Japan. So the, the titles don't make any sense. And having all five of these games in the same genre also does... Well, Elden Ring is the one that kind of doesn't belong here, and you could make the case that Pokemon's more of a, a capturing RPG that like, right. might be more like Persona, Shin Megami Tensei. Game genres are goofy and doesn't make much sense in the same way that movie genres and TV genres have kind of built themselves up to be. Yeah. Um, I'm just saying for that category, maybe don't nominate Elden Ring and instead nominate like SMT six or whatever it was, like the the one that came out this last year. Soul Eater or Soul Hackers? Soul Hacker. No, I was didn't the newest SMT come out this year? Or was that last year? I think that was last year. Oh my god. Year. <laughs> it's all blurring I together. Think, uh yeah. Uh, Soul Hackers two came out this year and I don't think anyone would have nominated it for, no, for it's role playing no. game unless they had to fill a fill a uh, <laughs> right, fill, fill a, a slot because it's not it's not the best. No. Uh also, how do you feel about multiverses getting the best fighting game? Um, I don't hate it. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting. So, there's also a lot of issues here too. So, like, Sifu is not a fighting game by technical Sifu is absolutely definition. not a fighting game. A technical or even the common understanding. If you told like the average person who's played video games for a couple of hours, hey, what do you think of a what do you think a fighting game is? They probably I don't know Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, yeah, two like a people fight, on a screen two people f- fighting each fighting other. each other. <laughs> Sifu's just not that. No. Which is not to say it's a bad game or that fighting's not the core mechanic, but it's not. It is a fighting, it is game, a fighting game as, as that there is fist fighting that happens in that game. <laughs> but it's like if that's one, why isn't the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game yeah, here too? Yeah, like, <laughs> that one is. Is boggling, but JoJo's is a remake. Uh, King of Fighters, I don't know much about, and DNF Duel is. I mean, could be there. King of Fighters, I think, multi- I think King of Fighters, it would have been cool for it to have won because it is like, it is the SNK version of Street Fighter. Like it, it is yeah. a long established. I mean, you could guess that by the fact that it's Street, it's King of Fighters fifteen, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, so like for it to be shown up by Multiverse is a game that's technically still not out. Um. Oh, it's still like in beta, early access or something. Um, so I mean, it's it's in beta the same way that Overwatch Two should be in beta in the sense of hey, it's out and we shouldn't be charging you for stuff, but but it's not done yet. Yeah, I don't I don't mind that. Um, it is funny that it's a platform fighter. Yeah. Uh, but the people who made this game actually have a lot of understanding about fighting games in general and are trying to make a really good game, and they purposely made it a two v two fighter. That has deeper mechanics. Like there are support characters in there that are not really going to be in a one v one anybody. Yeah, and everyone's like, "Well, we got to play it like Smash Bros." So one v one, and the developers like, "Well, you're playing our game wrong. You're allowed to do what you want to do, but there's clearly half the roster's not built to play the game that way." Uh, also, it's a uh, you can see that. Um, just to to move on to the next category of yeah, things, yeah, keep going. Keep uh, going. <laughs> that boycott of Bayonetta three didn't do anything because uh, it won best action game. <laughs> So yeah, so uh, uh, I mean the boy. I think people went against the boycott when they found that the voice, voice actress kind of yeah, was, uh, was lying a little or, or bending the truth at least. Yeah, uh, she was bending the truth in a way that was making the company look worse than it is. Yeah, uh, yeah. Best uh, action game. Yeah, it's that's fine. That's yeah. fine. 
the people I know a few people that really like the Bayonetta franchise and they didn't agree with it winning. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, maybe it's still the best one here. I don't know. Um, I think Neon White is a really best... good game. I don't know. I don't think that it should have won anything. <laughs> so <laughs> I think it's a good game, though. <laughs> I've uh, I've seen a lot of people speak about how good it is. Is like teaching you why speedrunning is interesting yes yeah because it, it's very um, it's very tailored to setting you up to do speedrunning of the levels so yeah and say hey try to figure out the best way we'll tell you a better way but there's even more secret better ways yeah and maybe some we didn't even think of so that's cool um best sim strategy I was watching with my friends, and he's like, if Mario wins, I'll eat my beer can. I'm like, I wouldn't well, make that bet if I were you. Yeah. Um, I don't think... Honestly, I think the Mario and Rabbids franchise is underrated. Uh, it's deeper than you would think it is, um, but does something that Nintendo is actually really good at when Nintendo's not being hostile towards its fans. Right. It's, hey, if you want to beat this level, it's not going to be that hard. I mean, like, the goal is just right there. Like, yeah. Oh, do you want to get three stars? Yeah, you better not let anyone die. Yeah. You only better get hit once. You're like, that's borderline impossible. Like, getting 100% in Kirby games is a much different task than beating a Kirby game yes. to the first final boss. Um, yeah. It- which is why the first final boss is like, oh, hey, that cute tiger became slightly more beast looking. And then you 100% like, actually, the final boss was demon god. Yeah, like, what the hell was a ghost the entire time. <laughs> like, yeah. No, uh, I, I think also, like, it was a light year for strategy games. Like, the other, uh, when you nominate Two Point Campus, which is, like, hardly strategy. It's a sim game. It, like, it's a, yeah, it's a sim it's, game. Like, it's. It's a light year. It's yeah. Sometimes that happens. Um, But to point to your, uh, you had a point earlier about how picking the stuff doesn't make any sense. Like, best esports event. How do you pick how do you, that? Yeah, how do you pick that? Is it just, like, the one that makes the most money? Because, honestly, like, there should be a, like, actual, like, easy to determine what was the best esports event because you could look at a scale of what <laughs> one made the most money. Like, yeah. Or what one was the and, most viewed, like. <laughs> yeah, but, and the thing about that is that it makes it tricky. Uh, recognize any event that delivered a best-of-class experience for the participants and broadcast audience. I, w- I would argue that as a broadcast audience, Evo is probably easier to watch than the League of Legends World Championship. Yeah. Like, because that's like at like when you say the League of Legends World Championship, you're basically saying whether you want to take the World Series, the Super Bowl, whatever, you're also counting the whole entire playoffs because people are like, you excited for Worlds? I'm like, you mean the finals? Like, no, the whole yeah, event. Like, all of it. <laughs> you mean like the, the two months li- versus, hey, Evo's like a weekend. Right. And watching it is some of the hypest stuff ever. Yeah, and, uh, and fighting games are also just easier to watch and understand. It's easier to understand two people being on a screen beating the crap out of each other than it is to be like, oh, there's five little people running around on a map. I sure hope I understand what's going on on that map. <laughs> yeah, and then Valorant. I don't like tact- watching tactical shooters. It's really boring to me. Yeah. I can recognize the skill, but it's not my cup of tea. And I've I've always said the same thing about like uh, that, that kind of event. Like, because we've talked about Overwatch League in the past, I think it is, like, garbage to watch anything presented in that manner, like, where it's, like, they, they like, swapping in between player points of views out to, like, you know, the, like, looking at the map as a whole, like, it's just, it's, it's discombobulating, like, it's ease of viewing, like, there's only gonna, in my head, like, there would only ever be one winner to be whatever fighting game tournament <laughs> exists, like. Fighting games are the best to watch, and I say that. 
as kind of a fan of fighting games, but just that ease of access. Like, if I think of what makes a sport easily viewable, um, most sports, you can tell where the action is. It's because it's where the ball is, no matter what that ball is shaped like. Right. Is it a tennis ball? Is it a golf ball? Is it a, is it a puck? <laughs> an American football? Is it a puck? Is it a, 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 a worldwide football? Yeah. But, with, like, with soccer, football, you can kind of see, oh, hey, there's people moving around, so there might be a good play with that guy streaking down the field. But we know where the ball is, and we can follow it. And when that guy does a bicycle kick, we can applaud that when it goes in. Overwatch is really rough with it, but even Valorant is. There's a lot of downtime of people moving around. Yeah. Like Everyone here is doing something important. But where's the action going to be? Oh, that guy got a five. He, he shot all five dudes. That was the fire, but that was not what made that play work. It was the guy on the other side of the map throwing a smoke bomb, right. touching the point, making everyone turn around, and this guy just pops out of their heads. Yes, and and like it's, it's similar with, with League being difficult to watch in that way, too. Like you, you, you can't th- see the whole field. Right, and theoretically, you should know where the action is, but like, it's not fun to watch from a presentation standpoint. It's fun, like, so for Worlds, what they'll let you do is they'll just let you observe the game. Like, you can just open up the client, and you can just observe the game yourself. Like, that's awesome. And that's cool, because, like, if you're a, a avid league player, you'll know where to go look, and you can follow what you want. But, like, just presenting that to people is difficult. Uh, and it's the same thing with RTSs, like, when they would do, like, uh, StarCraft Two and stuff like that. Like, it's very hard to show you where the action is and to follow what exactly is going on. But... Yeah. I'd argue that even StarCraft, you could just do a 100,000-foot view and be like, well, we can kind of see the general flow what's yeah. happening in resource <laughs> numbers still might be lost but when someone's base just starts taking damage you're like let's see what's yeah, going on yeah. down there like um, um the, do they i, I mean I, I scrolled past it but they don't uh allow like um games done quick or anything in that category do they allowed is a big word let's see <laughs> right. recognize an event that delivered a best no it just doesn't it doesn't care about speed running as an esport right because i think i Which, honestly think that games done quick should absolutely get some sort of award for like being a a best in class gaming event like the the fact oh, that I th- like i mean it absolutely is when they have it in person and like hybrid and stuff like that i think gdq is one of the best experiences because a just it's a charity event and they raise a ton of money that type you can see speed runs that are playing a game so proficiently that you've never seen it before or inversely, doing something like I'm. I know every place you can walk out of the map and get back on, which is a different kind of impressive. Yeah, it, it's it's um, it, there's all, it's on all week, and on all the vods are there the next day. It's like, oh man, I missed Sonic Two speed run, but I know it'll be on their YouTube channel, right. Without fail, and it's also I think it's like probably the best event. There's always going to be something for everyone. Like, there's going to be a game that you recognize and like you might be interested in watching. You know, like oh yeah, and they even do sometimes uh, like rhythm game showcases. So you're like, I could never do what this person's doing on DDR. They're sight reading, first off. Like, so they didn't see this chart before. They're reacting. I don't really know exactly what he's doing, but I know if I was trying to do it, I would fall. Right. <laughs> or this guy's beating Punch-Out blindfolded. It's pure sound cues. Amazing. This guy beat Halo on Legendary, like, some, holding half of the controller and the other person holding the other half. Like, some person did a 22-hour speed run of Final Fantasy IX using only the character Garnet. Like, the healer character. Like... <laughs> <laughs> and there's all kinds of stuff like that. And I think there is literally, if you can't find one game during each GDQ that you are at least curious to see what it would look like, I think you're limiting yourself. And to your point, I think that's probably the best gaming event. Whether it's esports or not, I don't know what people think is esports, but I mean, if running track is an event in the Olympics, right. speed running is an event. <laughs> yeah. you know? and, and I, as a track runner in the past, I would say it is. 
Um, the big thing that people pop in, though, honestly, is for a lot of announcements. Like, despite the fact that we talk about, if this is an awards show, why are there all these commercials? Like, actually, it's just a bunch of commercials. It's, it's because that's what, that's what Keeley has been good at is, as I said, ingratiating himself into the industry to become a place to, like, put your game announcements, which is part of my frustration with him as a host. Yeah. So. And that's, you know, it's, do I get mad at the guy who says, oh, I'm really good at capitalism? Or do I get mad that capitalism is something that one would feel the need to right. do so it, it's more that i'm both you can be yeah, bad at both <laughs> that's, that's, gonna say, that's why i'm like i don't like this as a whole i do recognize that it is it is useful for gaming as a quote-unquote culture or whatever like yeah. as a cultural touch point but you know i i just wish it was not what it is but yeah, yeah. that's totally fair i mean i wish it, it is nice to um like with other industries, there are other game awards that people should focus on. I don't remember them off the top of my head, but I know, for instance, like the Game Developers Conference. Yes, G- that is GDC more is like a lot. GDC, yeah. They have one, and that's people that are in the industry. So rather than just like the producer or the, um, what do you call it? Like instead of like a Kojima being the one who gets to have the influence on the awards, the people that are... Work, it's not to say yeah. he doesn't develop and program, but besides just the auteur at the face of it, it's more of an industry thing. Yeah. So they have them... Obviously, a uh, friend of the show, uh, the Spawn on Me podcast, they have their Spawnies each year, which is just another look that's more indie. And yeah, there's, other there's like every, uh, we've done our own Game of the Year stuff too. Like, you know, there's, you can always find people that you trust to like give honest opinions to, to find. And then there's also, you know, I think there was a, um, you know, there's like Indie Dev Game Awards. Like there's, you know, um, I can't remember what exactly it's called, but there's like one that's like a, uh, um, minority or like uh um underrepresented peoples like in gaming like type like yeah. like award ser- show as well like i thought that was cool yeah um, so there's tons of stuff like that just keep your eyes open um just like with the grammys and the oscars and the emmys try to look at award shows that still might have that level of prestige but aren't the big one because sometimes they'll award stuff that doesn't get it i think even the american like the amas or whatever they are or not no there's the american music awards but stuff like that is hey those are where sometimes people will get an oscar because it's really good and they know the oscars aren't going to give this thing the award and they'll actually give it to people that aren't just what do we think we should award? basically what we're saying is if you're into this kind of stuff like there are plenty of other platforms that you could go and spend your time looking at that are probably like your viewership would be more impactful because the more people that look at it the more air it gives it you know that that kind of thing yeah so yeah but i in their defense the commercials were good for the most part it's 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 unfortunate we like to see hype stuff um especially when it's a surprise and i think we were both surprised by some of the stuff uh yeah there's one that you didn't put on this list that i was absolutely not surprised by and it was death stranding 2 the thing that oh yeah death stranding 2 could you so (laughs) I was not surprised that Kojima came out. I was just, I didn't know there was a Death Stranding 2. I assumed he was just going to do something different, but... Well, that's what people were talking about, because they were like, oh, Kojima's going to be there. Is he going to announce a new game? Like, he's going to announce Death Stranding 2. Like, it's the only thing the man can do at the moment. <laughs> yeah. But, so, so uh, Death Stranding 2 got announced. Of course, there was some weird baby thing. Not like in a creepy way, just like, oh, the baby's uh, hey, why, <laughs> why, are we, why are we doing so like? Is that the goal? Is it to save babies? I thought this was like Amazon delivery. Simulator. Dude, do you know like any of the story about Death Stranding? What no. if I told you that it's like part of the plot is that there's like a psychic network that uses the souls of the dead in order to operate? Like we, it's like what if the internet operated on dead people? 
Like, <laughs> I, I believe you. It's a Kojima game. Yeah. Like, like at one point during the trailer, we're like, is that just a Metal Gear coming out of the water? Yeah, essentially, like, it's... I, I could not be less excited about a Death Stranding 2 because I just didn't think Death Stranding 1 was very good. Like, I think it was good in certain ways. I think that it's just the most bullshit Kojima dumb shit in the other ways. So... And it's... It's, I don't want to say we need to give just dudes more reign to do whatever they want, but I do think it's nice to have a spot where, oh man, Kojima just released something and we're not sure what he was even going yeah. for. Like, it is nice to see that rather than, hey, there's this buff dude who's going to shoot a bunch of guys. Right. That's the plot. It Kojima's is... like, hey man, what if the internet was like, what, souls it's of blunt, what if the internet was <laughs> like, oh, I, bro, I never thought of that. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> He also, uh, he did say, so, like, one of the big plot points of Death Stranding is, like, everybody's, like, locked inside because, like, basically the dead people internet exploded and it causes people to go crazy. Um, and then, like, causes fantastic, like, I don't know, there's, like, this whole weird, like, that's the Stranding event, I don't know. But basically everybody, like, lives in underground bunkers. And he wrote and put this game out right before 2020 happened, where everyone started isolating for yeah. COVID. He actually gave an interview where he said he's had to rewrite Death Stranding 2 because he wrote it before COVID, like, as COVID was happening. He was like, oh, no, 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 I don't want to do this. Yeah. People said Kojima, stop predicting things, challenge, impossible yeah. difficulty. Like, this man wrote in Metal Gear Revengeance, a, a hopped up politician who says, I'm going to make America yep. great again. You're like, oh, man. Yeah. Like, which as a parody like as a satire of like a, a senator who's gone mad with power yeah it's uh Which, hey good guess who would have thought nano machine son <laughs> what a ridiculous situation yeah, but um, he's making that yeah Horizon uh, Forbidden West got some DLC announced you go to Hollywood which you're already in the west it makes sense to go there cool. a lot of little things um there was a game that got announced from the developers of Celeste do you remember the name of it? I do not. <laughs> I only half paid attention to this because, like, okay games. half the problem with the Game Awards also is if you're on the East Coast, it goes until, like, midnight on a weeknight, and I'm like, I gotta be in bed. <laughs> yeah. It's a it's a game called Earthblade, uh, and it looks pretty cool. It has, like, that nice, uh, it's, like, nice pixel art. A uh, friend of the show, Chevy Ray, worked on it. Uh, it's by Extremely Okay Games. So I'm looking forward to giving it a shot because uh, Extremely Okay Games has not missed Towerfall, Celeste, Two really good games, uh, and we always appreciate uh, LGBT representation yeah. on this podcast. Uh, so that is uh, coming out as well. Uh, Hades Two got announced. Uh, that's something that was a full surprise to me. Yeah, I mean, it's not a surprise in that Hades was incredibly successful, like monetarily and like critically. So, like, if you're super giant, you're gonna look at that and be like, "We should probably make more of that." <laughs> yeah well it's, it's their first uh it's their first sequel too they haven't yeah. done a sequel before yep. and it's one of those things of what should we do should we make a new game like we always do or should we print some money it's like well, the people want us to do this thing again so we may as well and i'm like oh because i was with friends and a lot of us were like oh sick they're gonna do some hades dlc that's perfect and they're like dlc yeah. bro this is a new game <laughs> i want hades 2 to not be about uh Hades and Zagreus I want it to be about like I don't know like the son of Osiris trying to escape the um <laughs> the underworld of like an Egyptian mythology <laughs> like, so that would be a cool concept um but it is not about Zagreus we are hoping he shows up it is about uh I think hey uh Melanoe uh Hades's daughter and the sister of Zagreus and it looks like Hades is captured somewhere and Kronos might be the bad guy or 
It looks like she's trying to storm hell or the underworld rather than escape. Okay. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've seen Apollo, Moros. I will, I will so. like, I will play it because I loved the way that game played. There are other games that kind of like have aped on its style or whatever, uh, and are still very good, like Curse of the Dead Gods or whatever it is. That's like another uh, game of that type. I will play it. I will probably like it. I do think that yep. they could do it with another mythology, and it would be pretty cool though too. So <laughs> yeah, I think that would be interesting. Um, and I, I wonder what the what like the the calculus is on that of. Would that feel more derivative than just doing a sequel? Right. Because it'd be like, oh, wow, another roguelite dungeon crawler and set in the mythology versus, hey, we're just going to do Hades again. We're not even going to waste the time. Um, I mean, I will say, like, Supergiant doesn't miss, like, as far as I'm concerned. Like, they have have made just knockout title after knockout title. Like, it's always something slightly a little bit different. You know, I know not everyone loved Pyre, but... I would say I don't think there's a games that are there's not a lot of Pyre like games out yeah, there. Yeah, I thought Pyre was good. Like it, it just I think it came out at a time at a bad time. Like I just think that like that was kind of like a rough era for video games. Like, like those years that it was coming out. Um, yeah, but Bastion, Transistor, Pyre. Yeah. I mean, if you mix them all in a pot, you get Hades. And if they refined that, that could be really cool. Yep. Uh, there's a there's a buff woman in armor in uh hades 2 and i'm like super giant knows their audience and has them in a stranglehold and i can't uh can't be mad at that and then uh a bunch of different announcements but i just kind of want to finish with armored core i want to say that before we get into armored core because i have a lot to say about armored core they did announce a release date for diablo 4 which that's cool ah yes Um, they did it's like june of next year which like that's sooner than i thought it was going to be (laughs) um because if you're not like directly following the development of that game, like you might not think that they've done literally anything <laughs> with it. Uh, but I'm excited for that. I love Diablo. It looks, you know, kind of going back to more of the Diablo two aesthetic rather than Diablo three. Um, I hate giving money to blizzard. I continue to do it anyways. Uh, we forgot to talk about world of Warcraft. We'll do that again in a minute. Um, yeah. I mean, also, yeah, they did, a. Uh dates for street fighter six and tekken eight yep or at least just showing that stuff like stuff's happening about them and that's very good yeah but yeah the big so. b- big announcement at the end after the eld uh eld- or before or after the elden ring acceptance for i guess would have had to been before because what happened after was <laughs> newsworthy as well but yeah um yeah they announced armored core six uh which I am very excited about because I have been a fan of the Armored Core franchise. I played the first one on the original PlayStation. <laughs> um, it's uh, I, I, I'm gl- I, I've never played an Armored Core game. Uh, I haven't played any games from the studio really. But what I'm excited about is it's a FromSoft game. Yep. Um, and just to see. I've seen people like Austin Walker say, give us another Armored Core, man. Like, we're getting a lot of Souls likes. I know you got some other hits back there. Yep. Well, and, and you've said the same thing. So, and like a big old mech fighting game. Yes. Ooh. And I don't know if they're going to do it in the style, because it is from Soft, from Soft. If they're going to do it in the style, like the FromSoft style at this point, which is a Souls-like in a way, which would be really cool with a game that's about upgrade building and upgrading your mecha. And if you're going around in a world and defeating other mechs and taking their parts and then, like, fusing them to yours, like, that's pretty cool. I would like to play that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I'm just happy to see, like, more interesting stuff like that come out. Yeah. Even if it's sequels, but sequels that people haven't been really messing around with a lot. 
it's nice to see it come out. Yes, yeah, it's, or at least get announced. <laughs> it is a it is a game that has not had an entry in its series since uh, the Xbox 360. So it is cool to have something finally coming for it again. So, I I will absolutely play it in five years when it releases. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> <coughs> Sorry. Yeah, got gotcha. you. For... Got gotcha you on that one. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> Uh, I'll leave it in. I'll give you the humor. I like to take out coughs, but I'll leave that one in because you got me. Um, I don't know if there were any other announcements there. Uh, just a couple other quick little news thingies. Uh, Project L, the fighting game from Riot, got another big update. They're trying to just update every now and then periodically. It looks pretty cool. It looks like it's... I wasn't sure if it's going to be a tag 2v2 fighter or just... No, it is. But you can also tag your character in and do some fighting with them. It looks good. Riot is... They make games that people like that are in the genre they're supposed to be <laughs> they in. They make so... games that people like. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they also make series that people like. Speaking of the Game Awards, yeah. the Arcane won Best Adaptation. Yep. And releasing the nominees there is like Arcane, Sonic, Cyberpunk, uh, something else, and then Uncharted. I'm like, there's only one wrong option here, and yeah. it's Uncharted. Would I like Sonic to win? Yep. Wouldn't mind Arcane winning either. Cyberpunk, I assume it's pretty good. People really like that Cyberpunk anime. I exactly you know, was surprised. I, I can't be mad at it. It's uh, what's? I was trying to have a. I was just kind of having like a a jackass conversation of what is it? It was oh yeah, Cuphead. Also, I forgot yeah. about Cuphead, which was also pretty good. I was like, which one's the best adaptation? Not because. Cyberpunk uses different characters. Arcane is a dirt like th- there's no story literally in League of Legends. Cuphead they're not really fighting bosses. Sonic is not an adaptation of two or three. Uncharted is probably the best adaptation. adaptation it is of, but it's it the is, worst yeah. thing that's an adaptation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but any really all four options were 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 good except for like. All five were good except for Uncharted. So yeah. four of them were good. And Arcane so, was wonderful, and I loved it. So and next year, like the Mario movie wins this, right? Like there, we, there's nothing else that we know of that's even possibly coming out that would fit in this next year. Like, <laughs> so, uh, well, I mean, if Sonic two can be on here, Sonic three is supposed to come on next year, as well as the Sonic cartoon that comes out. Well, the preview came out in Roblox yesterday, but <laughs> it's coming Roblox. out. In a <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely going for a more kid approach, but there's a Sonic cartoon coming out. Right. That, that could be nominated, but from what I've seen of the Mario movie, Unless people stay really mad at Chris Pratt being Mario, which is totally fair, I, I it would be it seems like it'd be very hard for Illumination to fumble the bag based on what we've seen. Right. Uh, even if literally all the funny moments were in the trailer, there were like ten funny moments. So like, that movie should be fine. That should be like a nice, serviceable kids movie where Mario's jumping on dudes and maybe throws Bowser in the lava at the end, and he gets back up like I'll oh, get that says, plumber so one long, day. Gay Bowser. <laughs> yeah, you know, and there will be no more gay Bowser. Yeah. It'll just be straight Bowser, and he'll go from being Jack Bla- Black to Jack White because you got to change something else. I don't know, um, but they did show another uh, trailer from that, which was just Mario and Toad running through to get to Peach's castle. Uh, sure, it looked like the Mario movie. Right, yeah, <laughs> you don't have to sell me on it anymore. We I know get what it, it looks like, like at this point. Like <laughs> we've heard all the major characters make noise. You know, it's uh, but yeah. So yeah, but yeah, Project L got the update. It looks cool. Uh, they keep refining it. The, the the devs seem to know, understand fighting games pretty well, at least to some degree. 
so I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm looking forward to giving it a shot. It'll probably be free to play, so it won't be hard to try. Uh, Microsoft games are going up to $70 now, which Expected. is interesting. Yeah. PlayStation 5 games have already been 70 and I think... Switch games are sixty-ish. Yeah, I think I, I don't Switch think they is can still get away charging seventy for Switch. Yeah, I think I think Nintendo is like hard at sixty for now. Um, yeah, well, I think Just, we always knew that Microsoft was going to increase it to seventy because, like, when Sony announced it, Microsoft was like, "We're not doing that now," and like that was how they yeah. got their W in that conversation at that time. <laughs> Which, honestly, I think most people who have Xboxes are really just utilizing Game Pass. Yeah, so. I, I, fine. That's, uh, I I'm never going to be excited about games going up in price. No, but. I haven't bought a new Xbox game since Resident Evil 8, and I could have gotten that on any system. I just happened to get it on Xbox. Like, <laughs> yeah, and, you know, it's, I'm not going to say this to say the game should go up in price, but I mean, with given inflation, again, they're cheaper than they've always been. Yeah. I mean, Street Fighter 2 cost $70 on the Super Nintendo yep. in the 90s, so, like, it, we don't uh, even want to talk about what like uh, the like Philips CDI games cost, or like the um, Neo Geo games were hundred like hundred twenty dollars a piece. Like the you know the we always complain about the price of games, but we also always should. What, what okay, Dom just winced. Yeah, I need to know why. <laughs> yeah, I looked at what seventy dollars in nineteen ninety is worth today, just from some random site. Uh, $159.61 for yeah. Street Fighter 2 on the Oof. Super Nintendo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, like... If a, if a game is charging you nearly $160, you're getting a dumb little statue with it nowadays. <laughs> yeah, it's probably not made out of what they said it would be made out <laughs> <Yeah>. of. <laughs> but, uh, so... Fine. It's, it's like that whole meme. I want shorter games made by teams that are paid more that cost less with worse graphics. I'm not joking. I still want beautiful games, but I'll gladly pay for a $20 game that looks like it was $20, but it's yeah. a great game. Undertale's some people's best game of all time, and that game looks like it costs the money it costs, and it's probably worth more than that. Man, that's so. why Vampire Survivors is such a good game this year. If you got it, like it four and it's, bucks. Yeah, well, if you got it in its like beta form, it was three dollars, and then they were like, "Oh, we gotta raise the price." So it's like it's just getting too expensive. Bill, we gotta raise it. All right, you know it's cool. We can understand like fifteen dollars for this game. No, it's five now. <laughs> I mean, cool. Like, yeah. I, I appreciate that. Like, yeah, I mean, the game's already made, but we need more money. Yeah, oh, yeah, fine. that was yeah. another thing that they announced. There is they put it out on uh, phones for free. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's pretty cool. Free on mobile, and there's going to be a DLC in ne this next month for like eight new characters, four new stages, twenty four new weapons in the game. A dollar fifty. Like oh man! <laughs> yeah, I think there's, I think there is a, uh, there's a monetary benefit to charging people fair prices, and maybe even unfair to yourself prices. You might make more in the long run. Yeah, because most people will see them big. Like, oh yeah, whatever. Yeah. So, uh, well, yeah. Speaking of that. Uh, people paying for games, uh, Dwarf Fortress, uh, very people, almost inscrutable game that people, a lot of people love to pay for Dwarf Fortress. <laughs> people do, and so a lot of people bought that game. I guess whenever that I don't understand the history of it. It was it's not a game that bought. Has... You you just played. It was free for the longest okay, time. Okay, so it was a game that you got for free, and then I guess a lot of people went and supported them on Patreon just yep. because they appreciated the game. And then when it came out on Steam with the graphical upgrade, tons of people bought it that already owned it. And someone's like, this has to be botting, right? Giving all these reviews. And people are like, no, just this many people were excited to give them $30 for their game. Yeah. 
and that's pretty cool. I'm one of those people that haven't been able to yet due to budgeting <laughs> issues on my end at the beginning of this month. But, you know, uh, it yeah, it's been out, I, I, I think, over a decade at this point, like in some form or another. It was mostly like a... Uh, at first, it was, like, non-graphical, like, so it was just, like, text, and then it became, like, ASCII, and, like, you know, so it was always kind of, like, inscrutable and in that it was hard to read if you weren't into that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, But now, like, have, giving it, like, an actual, like, graphical interface and everything like that, and, like, music and sound and all that kind of stuff, I've watched some streamers play it, and I'm like, man, I really want to play that game. It's It's one of those things where it's, like, People will tell you stories like that are these like long epic stories of like dwarves going and like building like this mountain fortress and this thing. And it's like and then my lead dwarf, you know, he's been king for 300 years and then he drank too much and stubbed his toe and died. <laughs> You're like, what did this look like? Just like the letter H, like walking yes, across the field. Exactly. Back and forth, and then just turn sideways. Like, what the hell did you just? Yeah, you made that up, right? No. Nope. So it, it's uh, it's cool to see that, and I'm glad that it's getting the amount of attention and support because like those developers have like poured a lot of their time into making it. So yeah, and to to tell people what it is, it's kind of like a simulation, like a colony simulation type game where you have a bunch of dwarves and you stuff happens to them. I honestly can't explain it because I've never played it. I've looked at it and I I didn't understand it. But yeah, it's it's like the simiest of sim games like it is like you know it it is technically like you know time based so like as time passes your dwarves do things but like so like the sims but like put it through a hardcore filter like four or five times yes yeah because like you know there's there's all sorts of like gruesome deaths that they can die of like you're supposed supposed to be like managing them to like create a big city like it's kind of a make your own fun game in a way like you know the 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 idea is that it's a sandbox you know, sure. go and build what you want in it. So it's um it it's interesting in that there's not a whole lot of other things out there like it, uh, in a modern form. So Yeah, it's just what, Dwarf Fortress and Rimworld basically? Yeah, and like there's like some Rimworld knockoffs as well too, and like th- some other things that are kind of similar to it. And like I I almost would even say that Rimworld is more modern on its take than Dwarf Fortress is, because like Rimworld it's like you can indiv- like you are more individually like able to move people around and it's like almost like more RTS like in that way. Uh where okay. Dwarf Fortress, like you don't really have to do that. Uh Okay. Interesting. So it's uh I want to give it a shot, but I'm nervous that I'll just buy it and won't do anything with it. <laughs> well, you know, that's why, you know, if if you end up playing it for like even even if you break that like two hour rule or whatever with Steam, like you can return it. Like Steam is very generous with their return window. So Okay. Uh, it, um also it's worth noting, I think the game is available on itch.io. Yeah. And I think the creators will get more of a share of it, and you also get a Steam code, so yep. there's no downside to getting it on itch, and that's better for the creators. Yep. Uh, small thing. I don't know what else we have to say. Mario Kart 8, more of the tracks came out on the big pass and also in item select mode. So you can customize what items you want to race with. And everyone says, okay, so like all blue shells on yeah. baby park then <laughs> you could do chaos or just say, Hey, we don't want blue shells and that's it. Yeah. All bananas, whatever you want to do. Uh, just bananas and shells. I've not gotten to play the new maps good. yet, but I'm assuming they're good. They've been good so far. So. Hey, well, uh, let me uh, 
let me know how you think of them and i'd like to i'd hope to play them soon they the maps are at least interesting if nothing else yeah cool and the last non-big topic <laughs> ironically <laughs> uh, splatoon big run was this weekend and i forgot <laughs> it was uh it was interesting. So you know how, like, at the end of the day, Splatfests are just Turf War over and over unless you get Tricolor War? Yeah. Big Run was just, hey, do you want to play Salmon Run but on one of the stages that's not necessarily built for it over and over? Which, don't get me wrong, was a nice change of pace and the rewards were just more than they normally are. Um, and it was a little... Uh, you could tell they went for a little bit more. Hey, in most instances of Salmon Run, it's usually possible to win. In Big Run, it's like, hey, you might get, like, four chargers, like the sniper rifles, and have to fight glowflies with no terrain advantage. And it's like, oh, it's just going to get wiped. You're like, yeah, man, it's this is a scary time. The town's right. being invaded. Uh, but it was definitely interesting. I played a few rounds the other day, a few rounds today. Nothing that really kept me super invested in it. But it's like, this, would, this is cool and... Most people online seem to hate the map that it was on for regular modes, so they were glad it was in this mode. They're like, this this map works for this mode better than it works for its intended use. So, nice that it existed. Yeah. Hopefully it's I, I hope that time. they continue to iterate on stuff like that. You know, like, I I think you and I, off cast, have, like, discussed issues that we've had with maps and uh, how I feel about certain days on uh, Salmon Run, where I'm like, yeah. this is just dumb, it's not fun. <laughs> yeah. Certain days on Salmon Run are just, hey, don't play. Yeah. Um, and with Big Run, the weapons were always randomized with the option to get a special blaster, uh, the Grisco brand blaster, which is overpowered in a different way. So there were some runs that are like, this is just going to be incredibly difficult to win. And then other like rounds, you're like, oh, if we lose this, it's because we weren't even paying attention. Right. And that's part of the fun is that their weapons are completely randomized. So it's definitely enjoyable and a nice breakup and the change of pace. And it's cool they didn't lock you out of other modes or anything. But it's the same way they've iterated on Splatfest every time they've had one. I hope they iterate on Big Run a little bit more. Yeah. Because now the Splatfest... The tricolor war, where it's two teams versus one, doesn't now have to be just, the team in the lead defending. Yeah, it, yeah, any team could be the team on defense, which I think is a nice touch, and nobody's upset about it. We'll see. Maybe that's actually a bad idea, but we'll see. And I'm yeah. glad they iterate and are not afraid to make changes. Hey, question about Splatoon? Yeah, do they ever examine why the salmon are evil? I don't even know if they are evil. So. Uh, mild, actually, big spoiler alert for the plot of Splatoon 3's campaign. Um, the final boss and the main antagonist of Splatoon 3 is Mr. Grizz. Yeah, I knew that. So, he has, at least, he's bribed Inkling and Octoling children to do labor in exchange for, like, clothing and money, like, (laughs) to swag. He's like, I'll (laughs) give you swag if you go steal these eggs from these salmon. And the Inklings are like, yeah, sure, if someone in authority tells us to do something... We just do it. It's probably fine. And the Octolings are like, well, whatever the Inklings are doing is what I need to do to not basically get deported back to underground. Um, I think it's mentioned at some point that it's not that they're evil, it's just they run amok when they're, like, during their spawning season. Okay. Which was the justification for why it wasn't every day in Splatoon 2, why it was only, like, every other day or something. So... When they're in their habitat in the water, it's fine. And if they were to come a little bit on land, it's fine until they start attacking Swarming, the city. right, okay. And I was talking to my partner about this. Is like, are, 
are they like a native population that the inklings like pushed out of their natural habitat? Right, that's what it, it seems just, like. <laughs> or are they like overreaching out of the because they le- are they're leaving water to come mess with the coast? And you're like, are they invading? Are they just, for lack of a better word, are they just horned up and acting goofy? Right. Like, <laughs> because in Splatoon three, your main ally is like a little salmonid. He doesn't seem to be causing any problems for anybody. So it's like, are the salmon just cool when they're not mating season? I, I don't remember. So I also always thought I that Mr. Gray just wanted Mr. to eat the wa- eggs. Nah, he's using the eggs to uh, power a rocket so he can go into space and spray spray it with fuzzy ooze. So Mr. Grizz's motivation is that he's the last mammal that exists. And he wants to make more than, like, mammals. He wants, he wants to put the control of the planet back to mammals rather than aquatic creatures. <laughs> Which is a very petty reason to basically destroy the planet. Yeah. Um, and he needs all those power eggs to power his rocket in addition to the great zapfish. See, I thought he was just eating the eggs. No, I don't think he's... No, he's not. <laughs> I don't See, think I he's eating I, I just made that assumption because, like, he's a bear. He's probably just eating those eggs. <laughs> yeah, so his little icon, like, the little statue that talks to you, yeah. is a giant bear... Was a bear face eating a salmon. Okay. So you're like, oh, he's probably eating the salmon. Like, bear do. There's no indication that he's doing that. And then after you beat the campaign, your uh, salmon buddy that turns into a giant kaiju is a little statue of him eating the bear this time. Ah. Uh, and people think... That little mini Judd is uh is now running Grisco because after you defeat Gris Mr. Grizz in the little turf war things, like the little good guys, bad guys, he now has a headset that just is unexplained. They don't ever bring attention to it, but he now has that. And they're like, he's always standing above the bad guy sign, because that's his role. And I think there's some some lore, like a scroll that says he wants to kill Judd, and we don't know why he wants to do that. Um so we're thinking he might be the bad guy of the DLC. Uh, this this lore is very deep and consistent. It's just very strange. Yeah. Like, um, like one of the things that... Uh, it's not going to win best narrative. <laughs> it's not. It, it tells narrative the way that Elden Ring does. It's just right, for which children. Which is why I was mad that Elden Ring was even nominated for best narrative. <laughs> A lot of people were. But little fun fact in Salmon Run. You know the little guys on those motor vehicles that just kind of like ram at you, but when you shoot them, they kind of stop? Yeah. So... You, you know how they have, like, the trifold of glass? Yeah. Those, it's the same mechanism that's in single player of some of the octolings that'll shoot at you. Okay. It's that same machine, but, like, busted open. Right. So it's like, are it's they like taking a... broken ones? Yeah. I think that's confirmed somewhere that the octolings and salmon trade just out of, fuck the inklings. Sure. Or, or they're scavenging it. So I think that's an interesting thing. Like, there's a lot of similar tools between the two. Um, And it doesn't seem to be a reused asset. Like, it's not like the... It's not like the Nintendo is doing that. Right. It's, they it's are like, it's, redrawing art yes, to do this. Yeah. Uh, which is cool. But uh, the last thing, which is a little bit more discussion, um, and you'll control the pace of this since I know we're about <laughs> to get to bed. Uh, the WoW expansion we talked about last week yeah. uh, has some nice sensitivity stuff in it. Yeah. Like, well, yes and no. So it, it's one of those things where upon initial examination, you know, Blizzard talked about this when they first announced the expansion that they had, you know, like they were trying to be more inclusive uh, because it was also while they were going through all of the lawsuits and still ongoing lawsuits about their discrimination and like their, you know, um, sexual harassment and that kind of stuff that goes on within the company. They wanted to be more aware of that in the creation of World of Warcraft, the storytelling, all that kind of stuff. So, like, there are numerous NPCs in that game, like, quest givers or people you can just go and talk to that are gay. 
like just straight up okay. they you know and, and and some of it's just like oh and this is you know this is my husband okay cool like didn't you know that's fine the, the don't care <laughs> like i didn't expect you to tell me that you know it but it's cool to see the the representation Um, people online of course were getting mad about it because they're bigots but there were also people who were getting mad at it because it was like hey this felt really stilted in certain manners because it wasn't like in every other expansion we had people being like and this is my wife we have sex you know like it wasn't (laughs) things like that what weren't happening you know like so there's some people that were upset about being like overly pandered to yeah like it's like because there's a difference between pandering, like, oh, I know my audience, like, how Hades is like, you guys want to see some buff ladies, right? Versus, hey, gay people, come back. Like, we right. don't hate you. Like, yeah. where were you when I was getting doxxed? <laughs> yes. And, and like, I think it's good that they at least are being more open about, like, different relationships existing within World of Warcraft. Like, like hey, like, that should have been there the whole time. And maybe it wouldn't have felt so stilted if it was, like, represented the entire time. But for it to suddenly be a thing that happens, like, on these island on this one island <laughs> like it's almost like hey did that's you put also, all your gay people on gay island <laughs> that's actually also a strange strange issue of hey we made an expansion so the gay people in in azeroth only live in one area huh right because they have yes, i guess they do they haven't <laughs> gone back and like you know changed that like and i'm sure like i'm not i'm missing it like that maybe some other npc somewhere makes you know like a reference to it or to to being in a relate like you know a non-heterosexual relationship or even i struggled to think of ones that talked explicitly about heterosexual relationships i i honestly like the, uh the mcu style of like no yeah. one is having sex gay straight or otherwise like there's like every once in a while it'll be like two random npcs you can even talk to will be like oh my wife or whatever you know like things like that but like it's never really important it's always just like oh the world like yes these things exist in the world you know like it's so it is kind of weird to have like a quest giver suddenly be like, I want to make, like, I love my husband so much as, you know, a, a man being like, I love my husband so much. I need to give him the most beautiful gift possible. Have I told you how much I love my husband who we are gay? <laughs> like, you know, like it's very overt in a way that. Yeah. Well, people don't like to be pandered to. And I've seen a lot of places have stuff where it's like hey there's a gay relationship and there's something to be said about having a character who is like out and proud about it yeah because that exists um, in the world so like that yeah. was the other half of that discussion people being like well like you've all probably met this guy in real life it's just a wife guy but a husband guy like- yeah and that's a, yeah no one well now we're starting to because of culture on the internet but normally if someone's like dude i love my wife they'd be like yeah of course yeah sure but someone's like man i love my husband oh you're gay Right. I just said the same shit that guy said. Yeah. Uh, it's like, well, Blizzard does this stuff weird because it's always so funny hearing people say, man, Blizzard wants the brownie points for Tracer and Soldier being gay, but they never talk about it in the game. I'm like, we don't know personally how the game. Like, there's no lore in the game. The fact that Tracer's girlfriend even has a name is a, is a miracle to me. Right. And, and like... Uh, so like that that representation was like kind of you know there's there's a debate to be had about whether or not it was done well. I am glad that it was done at all. Um, yeah, sometimes annoying representation, as long as it's not actively bad, is better than yeah. nothing. You know, you know, and like I I appreciate it when it is just like not called attention to because it's not like it's not like I go around in my life and everyone 
who has you know what would be like considered non-conforming quote unquote you know to to you know what i mean like to put to put a yeah yeah they, put a not, pin into it kind of yeah yeah it's, it's like they're not gonna like it's not like they shouted at you on the streets so it shouldn't happen in a game either <laughs> right so. and i think the way to do that is you know the same way you would do it in you know you know conforming or hetero relationships like oh man hey like i don't know my wife got kidnapped by a dragon go save her hey my husband got kidnapped yes. by a dragon go save him it's like okay so you brought up your spouse because because there was a plot. reason yeah not like, hey, my husband's over there. Now, could you go go beat up five bears for right. me so I get some honey? Wait, what'd your husband have to do with yeah. this, man? Like, I just wanted to let you know I'm gay. Like, cool, me too. But why'd you tell me that? Like, <laughs> now I'm cur- now I feel like you're gonna you're gonna do something weird about it. You know, so yeah. Um, there's definitely different ways to to hit, and that's the, that's the danger too of being subtle because then people will say, well, it's not true actually. Right. Um, they like, well, I didn't hear them say a voice line in the in the game that they're gay so they must not be or they're just friends like no they're gay it's just they don't have any reason to say look at the camera and say that i'm gay right but if we don't do that people are like they're just roommates yeah well it's, it's it's one of those things where it's like you know sex is not depicted in world of warcraft like it's not like you know it's not like we walk into a house it's like oh my god those elves are fucking like i mean that happens but it's the players <laughs> like <laughs> And it's limited to Goldshire on very specific servers. That's the, yeah. Well, that's the thing we have to remember. It's not just it's not just sex that's happened, but like you know, hugging, kissing, just right. partnership or whatever. And, it's, and even that, it's, like, it's is like so... the thing we said about Marvel is that yeah, I'm trying to remember if Tony and Pepper ever even kiss. It's like we know that they're straight, but what does it mean to be straight in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? You just said that you are because it's like we you don't show it anyway. I guess we know that Thrall got married and has a family but like it's how do you know that because it's like he because like agra is his wife like we see the ceremony or whatever okay but then like he goes off to like literally another plane of existence and lives there with her for a while (laughs) like we don't see anything about like them being together like it's like hey it seems like you guys got married but i've never seen her again yeah it's that's crazy man yeah. it's well, different planes, we didn't man. see thrall for two expansions because it was like his story was done and then they're like oh no we got to bring him back people like that character like i'm so straight i won't even be on the same plane of existence as, as the game yeah like, bro it, come back we love you it, but you know it's one of those like it, it it i'm glad that they're doing it i'm sure they will get more a better handle on how to do it uh maybe and like maybe part of that is just like hey like maybe show more characters being affectionate to each other within the game like more like just in general like you know it- well i think that's that it goes back to that like we were saying with the D of like what this means for the broader perspective because since we have heterosexuality as the default stance like you just see a man sitting next to a woman you can make an assumption that they're together like well how do we know that these two characters are gay like they've got to tell you they've right. got to go out of their way but now you've made this thing where well, only the gay people are, like, showing it. So is there something that's deviant about that? Is it specifically related to sex? Like, no, we just had an emotionless or an, a non-affectionate society. So to show that difference, we had to, because of the with the way the norm was set. And But you don't want to have it in a situation where, well, it's, see, gay people have their weird deviant sex, and then straight people are normal. Right. You're like, no, everyone is affectionate. It's, and, and that's what happens, I guess, when you write a very elves go beat up orcs that's all that happens in this world yeah like, it, it's, people are married for money 
Not, uh, for, yeah. not for emotion. <laughs> they got married so they could do magic better. Like, yeah. Okay. The um. So like you know that that there's pe- and you know it's of course people just being mad like oh Blizzard went woke I'm like that did bullshit like shut up like no uh, you know whatever um there was some decent representation of a uh hearing impaired uh well both hearing impaired and also a uh, a mute character who like okay um who's like a leader of like a centaur clan and when you first talk to them you know it's in, you interpret it as like they're they're just making signs, and then somebody else talks to you, and like you can ask the question to the person like, "Hey, like, why are you speaking for your leader?" And they they very plainly say like, "Hey, my leader cannot speak." You know, I I you know, they they talk about like the hist like like where the sign language came from in their culture, which was cool. Like to talk that's about cool. how like that's different between cultures, which it is in the real world too, and um. You know, basically being like, you know, but I speak like I speak with their voice, you know, like, please direct like if you are speaking to them, please speak to them as if I'm not here. You know, like that's cool. I like that. Yes. Uh, And then like there's also you can have an an interaction with like a service dog, a service animal that it look it's a dog. I guess it's made of rock. (laughs) 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 But like (laughs) that's yeah, that's funny. It's ostensibly a dog, Dog, but it's clearly not a dog. Yeah. So. You know, you can, they, they've, because like that popular Twitter thing of like, can you pet the dog has existed for a while. Um, you know, you can now interact with most like pets in the game and like try to pet them. But if you try to pet that, the service animal, it specifically says like, you know, animal's name like does not respond to your like call to like pet it because it is working and it is a good dog like, and it's good at its job like, like and that's like such a nice touch because you're not supposed to like play with service animals yeah. unless they're like off duty or whatever it is and that's something you put in when oh hey we had someone who's aware of this thing that's real and yes. it should be in the game I, I i really like that actually that, yes. that's really cool and none of this was so like like you know as people would always complain about being like quote unquote in your face like it's just something that is happening in like in the game like it is like it is during a quest line that you do have to do for the story of the game but it's not like you know it just exists like which is exactly how it is in life you know like i you if you've ever worked customer service or you've had to answer phones you've probably had to take a call where you are talking to an interpreter who is like usually doing like a sign language or whether it's a foreign language or you know like somebody who is um speech impaired in some way you know like you've probably taken those calls and it's just a thing that happens and that's yeah, cool it's just part like, of life yeah and i like the way they do it too because people will say oh it's in my face it would feel preachy if they said hey you know when there's a service dog don't pet them it's right like, you have to go but if you try your- to in a video game you can do it in such a way uh, i've heard a lot of people talk about just the way that consent works in games because you can always turn it off if you try to interact with a dog you can but you can't touch it you i guess press the button right. it's like hey that's not how this works you didn't know before I'm, because i'm assuming some players were like hmm, i wonder if i can and yeah. some players like oh let me not even bother with it yeah and, and there so were probably some players who were just like oh a dog i want to pet it and like didn't know yeah. like you know they and now they do like that's that's cool you know yeah i, I think i think more games should do stuff like that that mirrors the real world in ways that make sense yeah um, because so much stuff does mirror the real world and a lot of, i mean People are speaking in common, and it's just as English if you're in America, right? Yeah. Um, so why not follow some of our other customs of, hey, make sure this dog is uh, on duty and is not here to be pet? Yeah. 
Um, and service then, dogs when they're off duty, sometimes they can be really fun. I uh, when I was I worked a convention and the um, uh, one of the speakers had like support animals, and he's like, "Hey, they're off duty right now, but I need them to like just chill. Can you just sit with them as one?" I'm like, yeah, man. He's like, you could pet them too, and one of them might ask for pets because they're still getting acclimated <laughs> to people, and they are off duty. Like, feel free to. And I'm like, okay, hey, 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 good girl. And, yeah, some nice puppies, but they put the vest on. Yep, they, hands off. Let them be. Yep, and but yeah, kind of cool. So that was, you know, like as I said, they did a better job with, um, like, inclusion and actually, you know, doing it in a in a graceful way. Um, but then on like a, this is not quite inclusion, and it also like almost kind of, it's weird. There is a club that you can find in this game. Because, like, they tried to make the game feel more alive. Like, there's just, like, places you can go or whatever, obviously. That is for four-legged sentient beings only. So it's, like, almost, like, analogous to, like, a gay bar, but for, like, centaur-type folk. So it's, like, dryads, centaurs, and, like, other four-legged beings. <laughs> um, is, is that the analogy they were going for? I don't think so. Like, I think they just put it in there as, like, a thing that, like, there was, like, haha, that's funny. Like, you know, like, this, like, you know, four-legged beings. Like, like because, like, the dragon can have four legs and, like, that kind of stuff. So it's, like, oh, like, they're all in there. But uh, but to do that alongside of all this good job of, like, doing inclusion and stuff like that, doing, like, this weird, like... <laughs> uh... Yeah, because you're basically saying, oh, hey, here's, like, this club for these people that are different. Yeah. But being different's fine. It's, like, uh, okay, that's interesting take interesting take <laughs> yeah it, it so i don't think it was meant in a negative manner because like you can still go in it you just get asked sure. why you're there like <laughs> it, it seems like it's the evolution of you know what it's you know what joke that is that's the i'm playing a male character and i went into the women's room yeah and they're like what are you doing here but they're like hmm that definitely has like could have transphobic undertones yes so we'll just make it four-legged creatures only like doesn't this still accomplish the same problem, though? Huh, yeah, maybe. But it's different, because four-legged creatures aren't real. Right. <laughs> it does feel like they wanted to make that joke, but knew that you don't make that joke. Yeah, and maybe um, it wasn't even, like, people. trying to be a joke. It was just, like, a thing that they wanted to exist in the world. Because if you think about it, if, it you, were, if you were, like, if you are a four-legged creature, you need different comforts in order to exist in a space than a creature with two legs. Like, you can't just sit on a chair. You need like yeah. cushions on the floor or like a specially shaped sofa or something. So a place you that would, a, you need a different situation. <laughs> yeah. So like a place that would cater to that does make sense, I guess, in a way. <laughs> it's one of those things is like, how did they, you know, what's the implementation? Because a lot of the problems people have with, for instance, gay bars is that if a lot of start, a lot of straight people start coming in, it stops being a safe place. Even if those people are allies, good allies yeah. it's, it's not the same though you right know? there's always a, a difference but you also and don't want to specifically exclude them because then that just kind of creates the opposite problem like it's this other thing of like ah oh, man i would have only felt comfortable if i was with my friend or maybe you're a queer person who has a straight partner or something yeah which still you're still a queer relationship but so having hey this club is for four-legged people you can have two legs and come in but the space isn't for you yeah you can just be here you know um, I heard someone actually, they were doing a discussion about pride and like pride's not a queer inclusive event. It's a queer event 
that allies can come to, but it's not queer inclusive. I'm like, that small difference of framing is big. And yeah. It's not a four. I don't know what they were going for other than, hey, this is a place where four-legged people can come yeah. in and they know they'll have a chair, but right, they, I don't know if there's anything greater there, but. That's why I was like, you know, I don't think that they meant this in any, like, negative connotation. It's just like a, it was just like a weird thing to encounter alongside of, like, all this other like very thought like what what I do in the end think was thoughtful stuff and you know in, in a way this may have been thoughtful too of like the idea of like creating spaces that are for all peoples who exist in the world you know yeah maybe that was what they were going for and it's cuz that's it like different accessibility see... issues and stuff too you know yeah i think it's it's interesting to try to tackle accessibility in a world where magic exists right because then you just have to start asking the questions of what do we see as for lack of a better word disabilities or uh, in in a rude way, like what, what people call a deformity, right? Right. Um, what needs to be quote unquote fixed? And I remember they did an episode of Futurama about this. You know, Leela has one eye, and there was this one guy who's obsessed with everything being like quote unquote normal and perfect. So he's like, "We can give you a surgery that'll give you two eyes." He's like, "But I don't need two eyes." And in a future society where you could just quote unquote fix that, do you need to? Right. Um. So what's 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 a situation where you would have something for people with other abilities and there could be people with wheelchairs and all that and maybe they didn't know if they were prepared to have that in there they didn't know the sensitivity but they know they can say hey this is accessible for people with four legs right and that's like um, a different differently abled person in a, in a way you know like the yeah because like they've tackled like there have been characters you know like with myth- missing limbs like from injuries and like you know. And that's tackled by either being like, well, they just, it's just a normal thing or it's, you know, like, well, they replaced it with magic, which like, that's, yeah. th- that's not really <laughs> discussing it well, in any way. And and that's, I, I appreciate that whoever's in charge of the story at Overwatch cares about this. I don't know if they're able to put it in, but they point out that they live in a world where prosthetics are seen as very normal. Um, so if somebody just doesn't have an extra limb, that's fine. If they lost the limb, they can replace it. If they just want to replace, like, hey, it'd be cool if I had better legs. I'm going to replace them. They're like, yeah, sure, whatever. That's fine. Then you have people, like, I think Junkrat lost limbs and one of his, he just has a peg leg. Right. Um, there's nothing stopping him from having a, what you would consider a traditionally functioning leg. He could have just made or bought one or stole one. Like, it's, he's a thief. He could steal stuff, right? But, and then there's a character on the other side of the spectrum, like Sojourn, who is mostly cybernetic like all her limbs are fake at this point and i think she says in the lore is she she didn't think her limbs could keep up with what she needed to do anymore so she went and got prosthetics and it's not seen as a problem right like genji's whole story is (laughs) my brother beat my ass so bad i'm now completely cybernetic and i don't know how to feel about that as a human being anymore especially when there are robots here and then everyone's like i mean bro you're, you're whoever you thought you were like we treat robots as humans anyway, so I'm not sure what your crisis right. is. But it still was seen as as, as um, an important thing. So I, I I like seeing fantasy places tackle this, especially when we're like, oh no, there's people. Some people have wheelchairs, like that's something that exists, and there's some people who have magic robot fourth and fifth legs if they choose right. to. It's it, whatever it, fits for you. In fantasy, it gets to be more complicated though when you also have the like that person's straight up dead, but we can resurrect them. 
but sometimes we can't. You know, like yeah. that. That's when it gets to be more complicated. <laughs> like, how on a scale of like dead to super dead, how dead is that person? Like, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. Like, if we bring you back to life, are you going to be a zombie or are you just going to be yourself right. again? Um, and, it's like, well, no, we brought your soul back. We didn't just reanimate your corpse. Yeah. Uh, and also, we brought your soul back to a different body, and then we also reanimated your corpse. Yeah, and that's <laughs> so. where Warcraft like really like kind of like drops the ball on like the idea of like what you're talking about with like you know genji being like well, why am i still human because it's like in world of warcraft it's like the idea is like when you die your soul is supposed to just go but we've been able to resurrect player characters since day one <laughs> and sometimes npcs so like it you know like it, it, it it's it's that's part of where it's like this is a game you have to like make some consensus like you have to make some concessions in order for it to function as oh, a yeah. video game rather than as like a, a, an actual world What's the whole thing of, like, what does it mean to be brought back by Phoenix Down? Like, Right. Does that just bring you back from the brink of death versus actual death? Because if if you can't act, if we can bring you back with feathers, why are people dying early anyway? You know, it's, you weren't actually dead then. You just kind of fell down. Right. You, know? you were knocked um, out. You know, like, that's, you. Like, in Pokemon, they fainted. Yeah, like, they turned Wake small. up, bro. Like, <laughs> hey, get up. <laughs> yeah. No, it. But overall, I think that they did a good job. I'd like, to, you know, I, I like that games have moved in this direction because it, it is like another area to tackle with, you know, making things be a less bigoted or less like, you know, creating like not even bigoted, really, but removing the division that exists, whether we see it or not, because yeah. there there is, you know, like invisible walls, for lack of a better term, that uh, prevent, you know. If you went back and looked at, like, game narratives of the early 2000s and compare them to today, Woo! like, yes, like, <laughs> there's, even if it's just, like, coded language, like, that's just done poorly, or, you know, like, characters using what was, like, considered slang at the time, like, you know, calling things... Yeah, that's gay. Yes, like, uh... exactly. Um, You know, like, and moving away from that, and then now taking the next step of, like, trying to... I don't want to say normalize because like that's not what it is. It shouldn't have to be that. But like, well, there, well, there's like three. There's three stages of it though. Like, there's the hey, this is bad, like actively bad, versus it's not actively bad, but we don't see you as people. It's going from like it's illegal and scary to be gay versus eh, we're not going to say that's bad, but we're still going to call stuff gay as bad. To we're just not going to mention it at all. It's neutral to oh hey. Gay people exist, and that's okay. Right. Because it is – normalizing is kind of a word, and we're moving – we're just asking for that, that realism of, hey, we're not saying that you need to say gay people are better or black people are better. Right. It doesn't have to it's be celebrated. We exist. Yes. It, does, yeah. it doesn't have to be celebrated. It just has to be recognized in, in yeah, a way. Yeah, that's – half the time people are just asking, like, hey, you know black people exist, right? Like, we're yeah. some percentage of the population. I'm not asking this to be – you don't need to sit here and, you know – blow smoke up my ass but the fact that like i can't have a black hairstyle in a lot of games that have 50 hairstyles and none of right. them like i can either have the caesar cut or a cartoon afro i'm like there's 50 hairstyles you could have gave me maybe braids and like what i have in real life like the short fade i'm not asking you to put that as even the first or second option just that it's possible right. like i can be green with pointy ears two tails and red sclera around my eye but i can't have a short fade like yeah and like what is World this? of and Blizzard did a really good job with their the um character creation update that they did in the previous expansion for um 
like black and asian representation in like uh human in the human character because it's it's hard to put that on to like the fantasy races or, well you it, know, start, like, it starts to get a little bit tricky of like well what does it mean when you give you know braids to a dragon or yeah. you give them like a black hairstyle versus just throwing like the mop on their head and calling it a day yeah that does get a little trickier and like that's those, why like you need the hairstyles do sometimes exist on those like it'll be like oh those braids look like what we consider like traditional like you know like uh like actual african cult like you know of an african country like braids yeah. like on like a specific species of or, or race or whatever but like they did a really good job with just the humans representation in world of warcraft hey, you know what if if we can get with the humans that's a good step for me yeah. uh if i have a panda i don't know what hairstyles a panda needs to have like i that's uh, a little bit tricky they also put in letting people be black elves and that made people really mad just because they're like Elves can't be black. It's like, oh, you're just doing the Lord of the Rings thing. <laughs> yeah, like, why can't an elf not be black? Especially, like, elves and humans don't seem to be that different because half-elves exist. Yep. So, like, nothing stopping an elf from being black other than, I guess, they all were born in Norway or something. <laughs> Half-orcs exist, too, in World of Warcraft. There's just not a whole lot of them. It's, like, it's real, which is really weird. So, like, I know that we've been going for way too long, but orcs are from, like, a literal, like, different planet. And come yeah. to Azeroth, like, the place where, like, humans are, and they can procreate, and that's weird. <laughs> hey, man, you know, it's, uh, the problem with fiction and procreation is that sometimes you have to start asking questions based on the lore that aren't appropriate for the setting. Right. Uh, I always talk about Steven Universe, like, they're like, because they're all gems, like, all the gems. So how does a gemstone are, reproduce with a human? <laughs> <laughs> so the yeah the thing with steven is his mom rose quartz gave up her body i guess to be like so steven could have a body but she appeared to be pregnant with him gems can shapeshift so she could have just been goofing around like right. just to look nice but he does have dna from his father so i just want to know and this never needs to be explained because i get it children's show but what did that look like did she just like rub his head to get some hair and be like, I'm just going to absorb this and become a new thing. Or did it have to be the traditional did, human way? <laughs> did they do it the human way? Yeah. What What got pregnant when that happened? Right. Because I am assuming a being made of a rock and light does not have ovaries and eggs to produce. Because we see how new gems are made. They are born out of the ground, just out of a kindergarten. They didn't have a rock quarry that makes new gems. So we know that they don't produce that way. So where the <laughs> hell did Steven come from? Right. And we can never explore that because it's a children's franchise, but it raises so many questions that could have been different of like, well, you know, we tried to do the typical fusion dance, but with a human and that produces a new creature like that. I, but I could do that cause I'm a super gem. You could have explained it with some fantasy and they just decided not, not to. to. Yeah. <laughs> and that raises yeah. So many questions. And if, but... if, I think if you examine like any any fantasy setting that ends up because because anytime it's like, oh, like elves and humans are very different. Well, then why can they breed? Uh, they're not that different. They're not that different. <laughs> it's like, but but you, you. So did elves also come from monkeys? Right. Like no, they came. They actually came from orcs, which is why. They yeah. Which is why. Which is we why, all came from fish. Which is why humans can also breed with orcs. Well, why can that happen? Can a human breed with a hobbit? Yeah, probably. <laughs> that that raises some weird questions too like look i know we're not supposed to talk about harry potter but everyone points out that like hagrid's dad banged a giant because he's How'd that giant. like <laughs> better than the other way around i assume yeah yeah whoa yeah uh 
also like maybe maybe Hagrid's dad was just the maybe it was he was a really big human and she was a really small giant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they didn't they didn't know at the time. Yeah. But they, <laughs> which is nothing to say of Pokemon that they said to be part of the same egg group. Which no a skitty, involved. A skitty and skitty a whale, and a whale lord, lord are part of the same egg group. Let the, hey. But they also dragon, say in Pokemon that they donkey say that, and the dragon. Yeah, they also say in Pokemon that they don't know where eggs come from. Like they just appear. So, I mean, this is very possible that they are not engaging in typical. Look, they say that Pokemon don't get captured by a ball; they shrink down. So there's a very <laughs> there's <laughs> maybe the whaler just gets really small. It's actually not that difficult. Or maybe they just magically create an egg. Like they they just while well, humans while well, no human who might also be Pokemon, are looking. <laughs> they, Maybe that's what it takes, is when p- humans stop looking. Because, yeah. I mean, Togepi just stays in an egg. That doesn't happen for anybody else. Is that the requirement? Like, this was going to be a Pidgey, but it never fully had, so now <laughs> just a Togepi. <laughs> Man. Who's... Look, we can't lore's exa- funny. Like, yeah, we could, we could do a whole episode of just examining the biology of, like, specific, like, reproduction in, in different fantasy settings. <laughs> It's, uh, someone made the joke, and we'll end on this, is that in every iteration of the Muppets, where, where, where uh, Kermit and Miss Piggy have children, the boys are always frogs and the girls are always pigs, which is starting to imply that they're actually just in the same species, and there's, like, sexual dimorphism, where, like, no, this is just what males of this species yeah. look like. Kermit's not really a frog, and Miss Piggy's not a pig. They're the same creature. Yeah, Kermit's last name is just the frog. Yeah. <laughs> Kermit yeah, the frog. <laughs> yeah, that's why her name is Miss Piggy the frog, like, yeah. sometimes. <laughs> her name's actually Janet. Uh, <laughs> but uh, that's an episode. Five-star runtime, five-star content. It's a big gaming, gaming episode of the year. We'll do another one next year or something. Um, this is where I typically pass it off to Steph to do the social media biz. And we, I know and you don't yeah, know it. We, I mean, I know uh, it, but we just don't let me do it because I will mess it up. <laughs> yeah, let's uh, let's just keep it short and say we have a link tree. You can go to find all of our social media biz for the for the uh, account. You can find me anywhere, at brother Dom. Um, you can find Eric by shouting up in the sky, and when the sky shouts back, you will hear the call of Mister Losi himself. It's true. Um, I did it right this time. Didn't say your actual last name, Thank so you. I don't have to edit it out. Uh, <laughs> But uh, we are also sponsored by Grinding Coffee Company, lovely sponsor. They work really well with us. Uh, they are a black uh, woman and LGBTQ plus led uh, online coffee shop, and they are great. Uh, they work with us all the time. Uh, they have great products. It's delicious. I had it many times. Got some as gifts for people this holiday season. Uh, they got beans, grounds, and K-cups. So however you need your coffee started, uh, you'll be able to order and get it prepared your way. Lots of different flavors. Check out their holiday packs and different sampler packs. Get a taste of everything. We all know uh, the real option a, for coffee is beans. Like, we'll just put it beans, out there. Just, just, just get the eat them. Just eat yeah, beans. That's just, fine. Just, just shove them in your mouth and just, just you drink some hot water right afterwards. Yeah. You know, get your mouth some... really wet and then leave the beans in there for a while. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than chewing tobacco, I would imagine. But, yeah. uh,. You couldn't do it with a better company. It's, it's delicious stuff. So uh, th- we have a nice deal with them, too. If you follow the link in our description uh, and use offer code character reveal, all one word, character reveal, you get 10% off your order. So that helps you. That helps us. That helps them. It's a triple win. Delicious. Granny Coffee Company. Try some today. Well, listeners, that's it. Uh, big, long episode. Maybe you did it in chunks. Maybe you did it all in one go. But we appreciate you listening. And uh, thanks for joining us for another episode. 
And uh, until next time, see you later. Bye.